0: Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice. Hello, my name's Helene Irvin, I'm the Nurse Advisor at Wessex LMC's. Uh, I'm Carol Cusack, I'm Director of Primary Care at Wessex LMC's. Over the next few minutes we thought it might be quite useful to sort of go through and discuss some top tips for both pre-CQC inspection and also the inspection on the
1: day. Yeah. I mean, one of the big things that comes up um, every time with staff in particular, because CQC will talk to different members of staff and you never know who that's going to be. Um, I know I have always joked about this, but do warn your staff, this isn't the time to raise a grievance, please. You know, we're trying to get the practice through this in the most delightful way possible and um, grievances should be aired within the practice, not outside of it. Um, The other thing to say is when CQC arrive often people get confused about what um, ID they need to see and whether or not CQC should sign the visitor's book. So two things, they should show you their badge, you should be able to check that. If you really want to be difficult you could say one moment while I phone and check your um, validity but I, I wouldn't recommend it. The other thing is that some inspectors will sign your visitor's book, but if it says there's a sorry, if there's a declaration that says "and I will keep everything confidential," they will not sign because actually they won't necessarily keep things confidential. That is only amongst CQC and um, at their panels and various things depending on what they find. So don't worry about that. If they refuse to sign, that isn't a problem. The other thing that people ask us frequently is, can they look at records and can they take them away? And the answer to both is yes. And you do not need patient consent. It is rare that they take records away. It's very rare, but they are entitled to do so. So again, just know that.
0: Um, It's likely that the lead CQC inspector will have a badge, as Carol said, but all the uh, specialist advisors will have a letter of confirmation as well that you could ask to see if um, if you wanted. Um, We do have an awful lot of information on our website, there's a CQC guidance document for for pre-CQ inspection um, and we have a number of lunch and learn sessions and podcasts as well that can support you in that. you can't ask for a the inspection to be delayed, for example, if the practice manager, who tends to be the font of all knowledge on these things, is actually on annual leave. Uh, they expect the practice will run efficiently without that individual being there. I think it can help, however, if you share with your members of staff um, some common questions that they may be asked, because it can be a little bit daunting on the day, um, and they want to ensure that they're sort of giving the correct answers and they're not letting out themselves or the practice down Um, And often it's worth sharing these questions maybe with your staff a few weeks before the expected CQC inspection um, to ensure that they understand everything and they can raise any queries uh, that that they may have. Um, it's the usual things as well. Please ensure that your policies and procedures are up to date, particularly infection control, and um, that your and cold chain. That everybody involved in the cold chain understands the um, the importance of the cold chain and what to do if there's a um, if there's a discrepancy or a breakdown in the cold chain. Um, safeguarding important to ensure everybody's at the level they uh, they should be and your medicines and um, obviously they will look at certain medicines and medicine management but importantly please ensure that any medicine stored on the premises is in date, the expiry dates, that you ex- can um, justify how many are um, on the building and how you, these are recorded and the same with your equipment as well, the, the safety equipment and also in saying that please ensure that your safety equipment for example your defib and your oxygen is accessible to members of other members of staff. What you don't want to do is have it stored beautifully in a treatment room um, that's locked, and people can't access it, or also consider if it's in a treatment room and somebody may be undergoing a, um, a personal procedure, How is that equipment going to be accessed? So it's just going through some of the practicalities of of that as well, really. Yeah,
1: I think also, I mean, we we know the prescriptions, the storage of prescriptions, recording of first and last numbers on prescription pads, making sure rooms are locked or prescription trays are locked or the prescriptions are removed at the end of the day. Whichever way your policy says you should do this, then you should do it. And they will check that. That is always checked. We've had prescriptions sitting in printers by open windows in the summer. And, um, you know, that's a real delight for CQC when they find that. So do make sure that, that you know, fairly simple things. And it's always good to do a walk around yourselves or even buddy up with another practice and, and get a practice manager and a nurse maybe to come over and have a walk around to see what they would see through a different pair of eyes and how they would do it they're not always right, you're not always right, none of us are, but it's a good way to, to ensure a bit of safety there, so I would recommend that.
0: And that includes smart cards as well, you know, we all work in very busy practices and it's very easy to sort of leave the room um, and the um, the computer may be on so the patient could access it so it's learning how to blank that out and also not to leave the room obviously visibly um, unattended particularly with any personal belongings uh, in the room that, that could be picked up or um, notes or information laying around on desks uh, relating to other patients that um, somebody in, uh, during the consultation could could access um, Business continuity. There is a section on our website under Lunch and Learn. Uh, I think it's really important that all staff understand even some of the basics. You know, if they were to turn up to work and they couldn't get into the building, or there was a flood, what would they do about it? Um, they will also ask you about um, your workload and your staffing levels. You know, do you have the amount, the, the correct staff, um, to to provide the patient care and also the um, relative amount of staff uh, working on any one, any one time.
1: I mean, I have to say I'm slightly sceptical at this point in time about stuff like that because actually we do have a workload and a workforce crisis I think what we're looking for, or what CQC is looking for, is to say, are you aware? What are you doing about it? Um, Succession planning is coming up these days, so it's worth having looked at um, your likely staffing levels for the future. And You can use um, the LMC's uh, diagnostic um, health check tool to do that. That's on the website, and, and it will help you actually work out if you've got enough staff and what you're going to need and unlikely and, and when. Again, CQC are not totally unrealistic. They do accept that we have got a workforce crisis. What they want to know is have you recognised it? What are you doing about it and how are you doing it? And as long as you can justify your situation and the patients are safe, there won't be an issue. And
0: some of the key things to pick up on are ensure all your staff involved in clinical care that immunisations are up to date. Um, I think we've already said about safeguarding, sepsis training and um, identifying a deteriorating patient, really all members of staff including administration staff should have had training around that. We have a really, really comprehensive lunch and learn session um, on our website that everyone can access um, uh, to do that. Um, Significant events and complaints and compliments, I'm sure you're all aware of uh, your role and responsibility in that. And also sometimes it's worth sharing that with other practices you don't have to sort of be specific but it's it's about the learning that takes place as a result of that and what changes you've made Um, and I think don't underestimate how good you are sometimes you know and you may be doing things that to you are common and you think are mundane but actually you may be the only one doing that so I think you have to share your expertise and and what you're doing and, and take a positive look on it and although we can all get a bit scared about CQCs. It can be an opportunity um, to really reflect on what you're doing and share the good points. And it's also a fantastic opportunity for decluttering. Um, sometimes you need a big s- skip mm. or somebody's car with a very big boot um, to dispose of things. But I think, you know, is a positive experience.
1: Yeah, I think as Helene said, I think quite often we get scared about this and we forget how good we are. So I would certainly say that when you do your presentation at the beginning of the inspection, really pull out all the major points that you do well as a practice. You know, you can demonstrate quite easily that you understand your demographics. That, you know, if you've got a big homeless population what you're doing for them, if you've got a deprived area how do you manage that it's all those extra little bits and pieces that make you special we know you're special anyway let's just hope CQC can see that from your point of view. And don't forget to keep an eye
0: on the CQC Mythbusters which are very informative and they do occasionally get updated without um, necessarily telling people we we do where possible uh, through the practice manager and practice newsletters um, to sort of update you on the the new ones but do please keep an eye on that okay good luck Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice